Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Everything Homes special segment. Stories needing sharing. Messages that matter from people you need to know about. Heroes, do-gooders, and purpose-driven patriots. Offering tips, solutions, inspiration, and entertainment. They truly are good people, doing good business and good things. Here's your host, Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content. Enjoy the show. It's noon in Mayor Corruption County, Arizona, and for the month of Take Action August, we're going to be playing special segments from our guests or episodes from other important shows that you need to know about. Last week, within a 48 to 72 hour period, we were just bombarded with ridiculous things coming at us. You know, the mask mandates are back. They're talking about, oh my God, shutdowns which apparently are coming within the next week or two. The vaccines are being forced on you hardcore and the lies is unbelievable. And that's coming from all these professionals, these experts, these doctors. And uh, it is just all, it literally is lies. It's lies, 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 lies. With that being said, it is time for you to open up your eyes and put on that common sense cap you know, and leave it on all the time. You need to sleep in it. Our common sense caps, everybody. The demons who control this country, the ones, you know, the elected elite and all of the false authorities, they are not only (laughs) lying to you, they want to destroy this country and they want to kill people. That's just the bottom line, okay? So we need to stand up. We need to protest And we need to fight back. Do not close your business. Do not put on that dirty mask because you know it does nothing for you except cuts down your oxygen. 40 years of studies, none show it stops the spread of any virus. It's been proven. It's not a protective barrier against viral infection. It actually says it on the box, everybody. And when it deals with kids, it offers new protection. It only increases their CO2 levels. That is carbon dioxide. You know, when you uh, have just breathing in your own carbon dioxide, that's what people usually do when they go in a garage and they don't want to be around anymore. So they just uh, make sure they're breathing only the CO2. That's what you're doing with the masks. When you are breathing uh, through a mask and you have that mask on all day, you've got bacteria, you've got a whole mess of other things that are coming out of your body that are supposed to be expelling, that are supposed to, your body's trying to get rid of like waste. So literally, it it's like eating poop out of your own diaper, your own poop. Well, maybe any somebody else's poop. It, it doesn't matter whose poop. It's just poop in a diaper. That's what you're eating. That's what happens when you're wearing a mask. So do not wear the masks. Do not shut down your business when that phase comes, which it sounds like it's coming soon. Do not get this non-vaccine. It is not a vaccine, ladies and gentlemen. It is an experimental bioweapon with mRNA and nanotechnology, spike proteins, tracking devices, operating systems, graphene oxide, fetal tissue from aborted babies, and the name of the patent, of course, you remember, is the Lucifer race. 
I could go on and on with facts, but the reason why we chose this special episode from the health ranger, Mike Adams, that he delivered on Saturday, July 31st, is because it's the first time anyone's talking about it. There is no COVID-19. That's correct. You heard me correct. The FDA admits they didn't have a sample of COVID-19 when they made the PCR test last year, so they threw together some human and animal cells, some RNA from other coronaviruses, and they called it COVID-19. PCR tests can't measure the quantity of the virus, so if it just picks up one fragment, you test positive. That doesn't even, that doesn't even go down the road of the calibrations being exorbitantly high, so it picks up everything. And keep in mind, we all have at least one fragment of a dead coronavirus in us because we might have had that flu or a cold even years ago. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. That means what anyone had was just the flu, the form of the flu, a cold. That's what it is. Some people get it worse. Some people, not so much. Some people... You know, that fake asymptomatic. Oh, you have it, but you don't have any symptoms. Well, I'm not even going to go down that road. But let's focus on this. It also means they cannot test for the Delta variant because they still don't have one sample of the COVID-19 virus anywhere on the planet to compare it to, to show how it's changed because it doesn't exist. It's a digitally manufactured virus that basically is a computer file that goes to the testing sites so they have something to compare it to. And then it's on their computer. So literally, this political propaganda pandemic is all a scam. It's a fraud. And we, the people, have been lied to and are continued to be lied to. Something else that's very important, ethylene oxide, the most carcinogenic chemical in America, is on every COVID test swab. So you don't want to get a test either. If you're healthy, you don't need a test. If you're feeling sick, it's the flu or the cold, you can call it the COVID, but after you listen to this episode with the health ranger, Mike Adams, you're going to think twice about, let's put it this way, you're going to think twice about everything, and then you're going to get real mad, you're going to get pissed, and you should, you should be pissed, because all of this is all bull crap, everybody, bull crap. When you're wondering why people are getting sick, still, he explains it, so I'm not, I'm not even going to go down that road, I'm going to let him take care of it because it's it's the facts. We all need to realize what's going on. So if you are angry and you want to join others who are angry, who are pissed, who do not want to lose your freedom because we are, I'd hate to say it, we're not living in a free country anymore and it's only going to get much, much worse so what we're doing is we're bringing together all of the groups that we've had on our show, the influencers, the past guests, the nonprofit organization, and we're reaching out to so many more. We're bringing in pastors. We're bringing in everybody, all of these freedom fighters. We're going to bring them all together so all of us can unite and be on the same page. And that way we can make a huge difference. There's power in numbers, people. There's power in numbers. So please join our Save My Freedom movement. Like I said, we are organizing Americans who are sick and tired of the tyranny and the violations of our God-given human rights. So please text the word ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, 
Here's the number, 877-695-1886. I'll give it to you again, 877-695-1886. The word action, A-C-T-I-O-N, to join our Save My Freedom movement. We're bringing everybody together. We'll send you details. Before I start the episode, I wanted to let everybody know that I did make some updates to our COVID facts tab on our website, everythinghomeresourceplatform.com. That's everythinghomeresourceplatform.com. Click the COVID facts tab, or if you hover over it, it'll give you a drop-down list of multiple pages. So we've got our COVID-19 treatments, medications, therapeutics, protocols. That will even get you to a telemed doctor's visit. It also gives you the protocol for being preventative. There's also a page for COVID vaccine information, digital vaccine passport information, and the one that I added to this weekend, exemptions, COVID vaccines, tests, and masks. So that'll give you multiple places to get the forms for the religious exemptions and other exemptions for the COVID vaccine. Keep in mind, it's not a vaccine. It's a non-vaccine. Tests and the masks. And as I find more websites and resources, I will add them to that particular page for the exemptions. And of course, the Patriotic Legal Defense Fund's and representation, those attorneys and the groups that are fighting for freedom. So that's for if you uh, run into uh, issues legally and meant for health and for your employment, if you got fired and um, if they are forcing you to get the vaccine to go back to school, things like that. So check that out. So that'll be the COVID facts jam. There's multiple pages in the drop down, and there's um, information also on the COVID facts. And it's very user-friendly for those of you who aren't familiar with the website, everythinghomeresourceplatform.com. Everything is clickable. So you just go for a graphic, go over a link, click it. It'll get you to the resource. It'll get you to the show. It'll get you to the video. It gets you where you need to go. So you barely have to do anything. You just have to move your little finger. You don't even have to pick it up off if you're out to your mouse. I apologize for talking so long. This was supposed to be short. Just wanted to just jump in before I played the episode. Kind of groundbreaking. Get you prepped for it. Give you a little bit of information, especially about the resources on the website. Don't forget to check out our Take Action tab. Take Action tab. Everything home. Resourceplatform.com. If you want to go directly there, takeactionitems.com. Takeactionitems.com. Everything you need to grow your business, enhance the quality of your life, and make a difference is there. There's must-follow people, must-follow groups, must-join, must-listen to shows, must-watch videos, you name it. It's all there. Everybody, resources that you need all in one location, the ultimate resource platform. All right, I can go on for days, but I know that you want to hear the show and not listen to me. But if you can, join us on social media, follow us, join the community, Join the newsletter. So on the homepage, everythinghomeresourceplatform.com, there's a big graphic that says links. All the links are listed there. And in the lower right-hand corner of your phone or on every website page is the opportunity to join the newsletter so we can get around the censorship because, you know, they don't like us. They censor us on the social media platforms. We're making a transition. We're transitioning. We are transitioning to the platforms that like us. Facebook doesn't. Twitter doesn't. LinkedIn don't like us. And um, who else doesn't like us? Oh, lots of them. So we get censored. We get a shadow ban. But we're, we're uh, that's why we ask you to join our newsletter so we can keep you in the loop. So here's the episode with Mike Adams, the health ranger 
that will change everything. This is something you need to share with every single person that you know, and you need to repeat it often. Share everywhere. Tell everyone. And once this episode sits in with the information that you're about to hear, then go ahead and listen to Monday's episode, which will be August 2nd. Then all the puzzle pieces will officially come together and the light bulb will go on and you'll never take off your common sense cap again. So here is the episode, Digital Delusion, Zero Evidence That COVID-19 Virus Exists in the Physical World, Mike Adams, the Health Ranger, Brighton.com. Welcome to this special report. You're going to find this one perhaps difficult to believe, but I've done a lot of investigation on this and I'm going to show you something uh, rather profound that COVID COVID appears to only exist in the digital realm. It does not seem to exist in physical reality. Now, the spike protein is real, and there's no doubt in my mind that they built the spike protein. They built the bioweapon. But the COVID virus that people are being diagnosed with via PCR, which is uh, fraudulent, which I'll explain why, uh, COVID doesn't seem to be real. Now, here's, here's how I've arrived at this rather shocking conclusion. And probably, by the way, with apologies to uh, John Rappaport, who I think has been saying this for well over a year, and it took me a long time to come around to this understanding. Uh, part of that journey is because, you know, I'm a lab scientist. I run an analytical laboratory. I, I own it, and I've I own multiple mass spec instruments. We do quantitative analysis of uh, pesticides and herbicides and heavy metals and nutrient element analysis and so on. And all of these are very science-based techniques and they all uh, are, are quantitative so they can determine ex precise quantities or concentrations of things. I can tell you, you know, how many nanograms of mercury are found in one gram of your food sample. And fortunately for most food, that's zero, by the way. Uh, but for some foods, uh, it isn't. Never, nevertheless, I'm very familiar with quantitative techniques. And so when COVID first hit, uh, I understood how PCR technology worked at the basic level, although at the time I did not uh, own any PCR equipment. But I understood the theory behind it. And I understood that, you know, PCR can detect base pairs of genetic sequences. And so uh, initially, like a lot of people, I thought, yeah, PCR testing, you know, it's, it's legit. It's, it's real. Well, here's what I now know today, which again is, is kind of blowing my own mind here. Let me, let me explain it this way. When I test foods for glyphosate, I have to have an external reference material of glyphosate. They're called certified reference materials, CRMs in the lab science industry. So you can go out and you can buy, sometimes it's just called standards. So you can, you can buy a certified reference material of glyphosate, which we routinely purchase. Uh, they come in little glass ampules and they have a known uh, concentration of glyphosate in a specific solvent, which in the case of glyphosate happens to be just water. So it'll be like a thousand micrograms per milliliter of glyphosate. 
It's an ampule. You break the top off. It's actually a sealed glass ampule, you know, so there's no evaporation or anything like that. You break the top off and then you use pipettes and you're like, well, I've got, boom, I've got a thousand micrograms per mil of glyphosate. And then you, you push that into the instrument. Well, that's a crude way of saying it. You, you run your method in the instrument and then you tell the instrument, this is glyphosate and this is a thousand micrograms per mil of glyphosate. Actually, we don't use concentrations that high. I'm just, <laughs> that would kind of blow out the curve on our uh, column probably, but uh, this is just, I'm just giving you an example. So then the instrument knows, okay, this is what glyphosate looks like. Here's where the peak is on the chromatogram. Here's what the mass is. Here's the ionization potential of the molecule. You know, here's the response curve and everything. And uh, then when I run foods, I can essentially ask the instrument, hey, instrument, do you see any glyphosate? Because I've already shown the instrument what glyphosate looks like, you see. I've taught the instrument what glyphosate is. So then the instrument can tell me how much glyphosate is in all the foods. But if I did not have a certified reference material external standard of glyphosate, you could not run these tests because you, how do you know what you're looking at if you can't compare it to something real, physical, real molecules in the real world, you see? Or in the same way, if I'm testing food samples for, let's say, cadmium or mercury or whatever, uh, I have a bottle of known cadmium concentration uh, in a solution, which in that case happens to be mostly water with 2% nitric acid and I think half a percent hydrochloric acid for stabilization. But that, it's, a, it's a cadmium stand. Actually, a lot of the standards we buy are multiple element standards. We have one standard that's like 28 elements, okay? And um, there are lots of companies out there that sell these standards, so this is not anything unusual. You can buy standards for mercury. You can buy standards for pesticides. You can buy standards for... Well, even microbes. So you can go to a company called Biosisto, B-I-O-S-I-S-T-O dot com. And they sell certified reference materials of, for example, salmonella. So if you just want to buy a bunch of salmonella, what do they have here? Salmonella enterotitis, salmonella typhimurium, salmonella agona, <laughs> Salmonella tranaroa, and so on. You can buy salmonella. Well, I mean, if you're a lab, you can. They might not sell it to you unless you're a lab. I mean, we buy standards for, you know, cannabinoids and all kinds of things. And technically, we could handle standards for, you know, uh, heroin or cocaine or meth, although we don't because that's not, we don't, we don't test for, you know, drugs. That's not what we do. We test for food. So we have all kinds of standards, reference materials that we buy uh, across the spectrum of all these different kinds of things. And we could buy standards for, you know, E. coli, salmonella, different species of yeast and mold. And uh, even uh, probably, although I, I've never tried to do this, probably could buy standards for influenza or something if we if we wanted to. But there's there's one standard that you cannot purchase because it doesn't exist in the world. Uh, you care to take a guess what that is? SARS-CoV-2. You can't buy COVID-19 external uh, reference materials or certified reference materials. 
I know because I've tried. I've looked for them. I've checked all the companies, all the sources. I say, hey, we're an ISO accredited laboratory. We do legitimate science. I want to buy certified reference material of uh, maybe a, you know, a dead virus. I don't want a viable virus, let's say. But just how about the outside protein shell, you know, the spike protein part? Could I buy reference material so that I could analyze it as part of maybe a, a method development or a science paper, perhaps, or something? Can we buy this? And the answer is no. No, you cannot buy certified reference materials for COVID. Why is that? And I've come to find out over a lot of interviews and conversations and research. And again, this, this shocked me. And I didn't believe this at first when I heard it a year ago. I was really skeptical of this concept that I'm about to share with you. But uh, came to find out that this virus has never actually been isolated. In other words, nobody anywhere in the world has a, a vial of just SARS-CoV-2. There's, there's no vial of, of covid it doesn't, it doesn't exist there. Yeah. There are vials of um, all kinds of random pathogens, you know, from uh, festering patients and whatever that took their blood and there's, you know, 50,000 pathogens in there and different fragments of, you know, cellular waste material and fragments of their own DNA and fragments of microbes, DNA, you know, microbes that have been in the body that live in the gut and so on. There's all kinds of uh, genetic junk in there. But there's nobody that has a vial of COVID. Do you know why that is? You know why that is? Um, could it be because COVID doesn't exist as a, an isolated virus? Could it be? I mean, the spike protein exists, but, but the viral machinery component has never been isolated. So yeah, we can... You know, we can take a scanning electron microscope and we can look at spike protein nanoparticles. We can do that. I've sent off samples for electron microscopy. Uh, I have a really high-powered uh, digital microscope. It's not electron, but it's, it's sort of very high-powered optical. You could probably see spike proteins on that. I, I don't know, maybe it's some... Maybe you could. I don't know. I've, I haven't tried it because I you can't, can't get any of this stuff, it seems, but why is there no virus sample for labs? So you might be wondering, well, wait a second, how do all these labs across America say that they have um, detected the virus if they don't have a virus to confirm the analytical method? <laughs> Good question, right? Because if I were a food science lab and I were telling you, hey, we're scanning all the food for glyphosate, and we found glyphosate in these foods over here, you might reasonably ask, well, how do you know that's glyphosate? Have you compared that against a vial of glyphosate? And in my case, the answer would be, yeah, here's a vial of glyphosate, certified reference material, NIST traceable samples. I can tell you where it came from. It's got an expiration date. It's got a lot number on it. Totally traceable glyphosate standard. And that's how I can prove how much glyphosate is in that, you know, beer or whatever. There are no COVID reference materials. They do not exist. So again, to the question, you might be asking, well, how do labs know that they found it? Answer, it's a digital 
file. It's a file. It's a, it's just a digital sequence that they email to each other or, or they download them from online, you know, from maybe CDC government websites, depending on where you are or certain, certain labs will share this and they'll say, Oh, we've sequenced COVID. And here you can download this digital file. And then you take that file and you shove it into your PCR equipment. And then you tell your PCR equipment, hey, look for this digital base pair sequence uh, as you run cycles of this RNA material. And then the PCR equipment is you know, comparing uh, the sequences that it's finding in, in the sample against a digital pattern. And then it says, oh, we've got a match. And then that lab says, oh, this person's positive for COVID. But hold on a second. The lab never had COVID as a standard to test against. I mean, uh, you know, you look, I could download a, a file with the properties of glyphosate or, or even, say, THC, uh, for example. I think what's the molecular mass of THC? Three, uh, 315? something in that range. I could, I could get a file of THC. I could get uh, ionization potential. I could get um, uh, polarity. I could, I could get mass. I could get, I don't know what uh, the elemental um, composition of it. Right. I, I could, which is just carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, by the way, in the case of THC, but uh, I, I could get a digital file. And I could tell the instrument, hey, look for any masses that, that match this. And uh, the instrument might say, oh, here's a match. Here's a, here's a sample. It's got a mass that's 315. And uh, by the way, I think that's the negative ionization mass. But, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I'd have to go back and check the actual numbers on that one. But even if I were to do that, could I scientifically say, oh, I've for sure found THC in this sample because it matches this digital file? The answer is no. No, that's not a scientific match because you haven't compared it to an actual reference material of THC that you'd have to buy in a little glass ampule, you know, to compare it. You'd have to say, does it match the reference material's response on this instrument? Okay, and by the way, now curiosity is getting the best of me. I went on to ChemSpider. Yeah, um, THC has a molecular weight of three fourteen point four six one seven. So there we go. I was, <clears throat> I was off by one. Uh, I'll have to remember that three fourteen point four six one seven carbon twenty one hydrogen thirty oxygen two. That's uh, that's THC for you right there. Anyway, you have to have certified reference material in order to know for sure what you're seeing. So, uh, you know, the same thing is true with amino acids, by the way. Amino acids, very, very large molecules, you know, typically. And you can use mass spec instruments to look for amino acids if you want, or long protein sequences. You can. They're just big masses, you know, maybe thousands of Daltons. Uh, but you still have to have a reference material in order to, you know, confirm it. Confirm it. Now, allow me to, to interrupt myself here. I'm jumping in here. This is an edit to this audio file because a new document emerged from the FDA that is highly relevant to all of this, and I've got to share it with you.
And the document is available on the FDA.gov website. And it's entitled CDC 2019 Novel Coronavirus Real-Time RT-PCR Diagnostic Panel for Emergency Use Only Instructions for Use. And in this document, it says the following. This is under the Performance Characteristics section and the Analytical Performance. Here's the admission. Quote, since no quantified virus isolates of the 2019 novel coronavirus were available for CDC use at the time the test was developed and this study conducted, assays designed for detection of COVID RNA, essentially, were tested, and I'm going to add the word instead, with characterized stocks of in vitro transcribed full-length RNA uh, gene bank number here of known titer RNA copies per microliter spiked into a diluent consisting of a suspension of human A549 cells and viral transport medium, VTM, to mimic clinical specimen. Okay? So what they're saying here is that this entire PCR protocol, this test that the CDC and the FDA used and endorsed and promoted and even approved for emergency authorization use, that this entire thing was developed without having any physical specimens of COVID-19. Instead, they faked it using a combination of human cells, that's the A549 cells, and then some RNA fragments that essentially came from other coronaviruses that have been part of a digital library and then labeled COVID, even though they're just really common cold coronaviruses. So this admission is absolutely huge. It is an admission that the entire PCR test upon which this pandemic has been based, that this PCR test never tested COVID. It wasn't quality controlled against COVID. They never even had COVID in developing the test. And they admit it right here in this document. They openly admit it. Now, as I've mentioned over and over again, anytime you have a science lab and you've got instruments, or if you're developing a test protocol, you have to have the real substance, the physical substance to calibrate against and to test against to do quality control. Otherwise, how do you know your test works? You can't just make it up and say, well, we didn't have any COVID, so we threw together this other cocktail over here. We called it COVID, and then we approved the test. That's what they did. That's exactly what they did. And wouldn't you know it, the CDC has now put out a laboratory alert, and they're pulling down that test. They're withdrawing it at the end of this year. They're withdrawing it because they admit in their own notice, which is from July 21st, 2021. This is on the cdc.gov website. And the title of this document is Lab Alert, colon, changes to CDC RT-PCR for SARS-CoV-2 testing. This is the same test that the FDA document was referring to. In this CDC announcement, they say, that CDC recommends the clinical labs and testing sites that have been using this begin their transition to another FDA-authorized COVID-19 test. And CDC encourages laboratories to consider adoption 
of a multiplex method that can facilitate detection and differentiation of SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses. What they're saying is that until now, the old PCR test, that is the original one that they're pulling, has not been able to differentiate between SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses. You got that? It has not been able to tell the difference. In other words, the entire COVID pandemic has been nothing but bad PCR testing that was actually detecting the common cold, either influenza or common coronaviruses, and then labeling it COVID. Now, that may sound like an astonishing statement, but if it were true, okay, just follow me here. If that's true, then what you should have seen throughout 2020 is plummeting influenza cases and skyrocketing COVID cases, because essentially what they're doing is they're just taking people, running this fraudulent PCR test on them, and detecting you know the common cold and calling it COVID, which means they're moving people from the influenza or the flu column into the COVID column. And if that's true, then you would expect to see in the year 2020, you would expect to see a plummeting of the number of cases of influenza that had been diagnosed. And so you can go to the CDC website and you can look at scientific studies and you can actually take a a look at this and you can determine whether that's true or not. So let me bring your attention to this document published by the CDC. This is on cdc.gov. The title is Decreased Influenza Incidents Under COVID-19 Control Measures, Singapore. And this is in Research Letter, Volume 26, Number 8, August 2020. And what does this find? It finds, to no one's surprise here, that the number of influenza cases in the epidemiologic weeks five through nine of 2020, that's the, that's the flu season of early 2020, the number of influenza cases decreased by 76% compared to previous years. 76%. That's a massive plunging of influenza. Well, where did influenza go? Did, did somehow, did COVID cure influenza? No. Influenza was just relabeled COVID because of the faulty PCR testing. So what you have here, what I've just covered with this special update here is an admission by the FDA that no physical COVID-19 was ever used in the creation of the PCR test, which means the test is fraudulent, unscientific. And then an admission by the CDC that the test could not differentiate between influenza and COVID and a request by the CDC to pull the test at the end of the year, maybe after after they're done faking the whole pandemic, because now they have everybody on vaccines and they can spread the spike protein through the vaccines. And then also an admission by the CDC on its own website that influenza cases plunged 76% during the early flu season of 2020, which is also consistent with all of this. And on top of that right now, no one has isolated COVID-19. No one has isolated it. No one has taken a patient that's diagnosed with COVID and has symptoms of illness and taken their blood and filtered out the COVID 
and isolated that COVID and then shown that that can infect somebody else and cause sickness. That has never been done. In fact, there hasn't been any tests created using such isolated COVID. The entire thing is a massive junk science fabrication. And, and it contradicts every basic laboratory pillar of operational procedure. Every quality control parameter that a laboratory should use has been violated by the CDC, the FDA, Big Pharma, the vaccines, the vaccine companies, all of it. It's all fake. All right. So, so that's the update. Now I'm going to return to the, the regular podcast that I had here, but, but thanks for listening. This is very important uh, documented research. And if you want to see the links for these documents, you can go to naturalnews.com and there's a story there that has most of these links and it's called breaking colon CDC FDA faked COVID testing protocol by using human cells mixed with common cold virus fragments. PCR tests are merely, merely detecting the common cold. That article is on natural news and you can see the links from there. So what I came to realize in all of this, as someone who owns an ISO accredited laboratory and as someone who has developed published methods and, and someone who has two published patents based on quantitative methods of you know, mass spec analysis, all right, you know, this is, this is my wheelhouse. I know this stuff. I find it incredibly astonishing that I can buy certified reference materials for salmonella and E. coli and, you know, all kinds of bacteria, all kinds of fungi, all kinds of pesticides and all kinds of uh, heavy metals, just atomic elements. I can get samples of elements which are smaller than viruses, right? I can get, I mean, I can get uh, standards if you wanted. You could get standards of just plain hydrogen if you wanted. Not, not that we have any use for that, but I can get standards of... Uh, uh, lithium, you know, lithium six, lithium seven, different isotopes of lithium. There's very light, very small uh, atomic element. You know, uh, like a, a lithium atom is, I don't know how many orders of magnitude smaller than a virus. And I, I can buy lithium standards. How come I can't buy a virus standard? They don't exist. It doesn't exist in the real world. It's like, it's like there's this digital... I don't know, virtual reality almost. And, and COVID exists in this artificial digital world. And then they have PCR equipment that's looking for matches in their digital library. But the PCR equipment has never seen COVID in the real world. Because it doesn't, apparently it doesn't exist in the real world. Otherwise, labs would be able to buy the samples or at least some, you know, some outer shell, perhaps maybe a, a dead I don't know, can you even use the term dead when it comes to a virus? They're not really living anyway. But you could say maybe a denatured or, you know, an ultraviolet light treated, weakened strain or something. And not that I actually want to buy that because we're not a level four biohazard lab, but I'm saying, how come we can't even see that, that anyone could buy them? You know, what, it, I mean, I know other people who have labs. Some of those labs are uh, bio labs, you know, maybe not level four, but you know, people do microbiology all the time for food science, you know, food contamination. Uh, how come those labs can't get these samples? Answer, they don't exist. They simply don't exist. 
Now, when I interviewed Dr. Lee Merritt a couple of months ago, we were discussing the possibility of what really happened in New York City and in Northern Italy back in 2020, because this, this was something that had really convinced me at the time that we were dealing with a, a viral pandemic that was quite deadly. And in retrospect, and by the way, it's, it's you know, hindsight is 2020, but when you're in it, it's hard to see. But in retrospect, we can see that this so-called virus attack on New York City, it didn't spread to other cities like that. We should have seen the same pattern of New York City. We should have seen that in Miami. We should have seen it in Chicago. You know, every major city across America should have been kind of like a mirror image of the peak and fall that happened in New York City, and that did not occur. And then also in northern Italy, you know, how come that, all, all the deaths and everything, because you got to admit, they, they, they really did kill a lot of people in northern Italy, and they killed a lot of people in New York City. You know, in retrospect, they killed a lot of them with ventilators. But as Dr. Lee Merritt and I were brainstorming, it occurred to us, I, I, I think she brought this up first, that what if these cities had actually just been attacked with spike protein nanoparticles? which would be, you know, the equivalent to just having uh, toxins dropped on your city. What if there was really no viral component at all, just spike proteins? And, and what they had cooked up in the lab in Wuhan wasn't really a functioning virus, but rather a spike protein nanoparticle that they could synthesize and make large batches of that because the spike protein is very real. And then they could just dump it on cities with drones. And it would produce all the symptoms that then that, that we saw in New York City and Northern Italy. It would produce the deaths because spike protein is it's a toxic nanoparticle, which is why they put it in vaccines, by the way. But it would allow then the media to push a narrative that there's a virus attack. What if the virus attack was faked because it wasn't a virus? It was just a toxic nanoparticle. Kind of like, uh, I don't know, dropping a like a chemical weapon, but in this case, it's, it's a, well, it's a, it's a nanoparticle structure that causes blood clots and neurological symptoms and so on, you know, seizures and heart attacks and strokes and all kinds of difficulty breathing because it interferes with hemoglobin function in the blood. What if we were actually under a, a spike protein attack and not a virus attack? So then a, f a few months ago, just continuing the explanation here, I interviewed, um, Sally Fallon and Dr. Thomas Cowan, uh, a medical doctor. And uh, th these two are the authors of The Truth About Contagion, which is, well, that's the, that's the new name of the book. It, you can find it on Amazon now. Uh, Sally told me they banned the first book because they didn't like the name of it. It was about, I think it had, I think it mentioned COVID in the name. Amazon banned that or, or rejected it. So the name is now The Truth About Contagion, Exploring Theories of How Disease Spreads. Now, if you read that book, and again, I've interviewed Sally Fallon and, and Dr. Uh, Thomas Cowan, um, I was very, very skeptical of the theories that this book is talking about. Uh, and, and you can see my skepticism in the first interview that I did with these because I thought that they were dismissing the whole idea of the very existence of any virus or or, or any pathogen, you know, microbe. And that's actually not what they're doing. They're talking about the terrain theory. 
they're talking about how, yes, there, there can be uh, toxic particles or toxic molecules or toxic chemicals, but that there isn't a virus that can uh, infect you and make you make you ill, at least as I understand what they're explaining. And I'm not, I'm still not a hundred percent on board with everything they're trying to explain, but I've now seen enough to know, like I've pulled back the curtain on uh, this Truman show. You know, I've, I've, I've been red pilled. I, I can see behind the curtain of Oz and I'm now seeing as a lab science uh, person myself, you know, a published lab scientist, I can see, oh my gosh, there's no physical sample of the COVID virus, that it doesn't exist. And that's, that's congruent with what Dr. Thomas Cowan uh, was saying. Uh, I probably owe him an apology. I was, I was being very skeptical during the interview, but he's cool. He's just out there to try to teach people all of this. And, and frankly, the concepts that, that he's teaching are kind of hard to get your head around at first. If, if, if you've been in the world of science for a long time, as, as I have, as a lab scientist, you know, you, you never question the existence of the germ theory because it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, I guess it's just assumed, but what if, what if the assumption is wrong? So now I'm finding out that the entire PCR diagnosis uh, scam, I mean, that, that it is, it's a massive fraud that all, all the PCR tests that are telling people that, oh, you're positive for COVID, you're, you're infected, you're sick. Those are all lies because the PCR equipment doesn't even test against a certified reference material. There's no COVID virus sample that the instruments have ever been calibrated against. And why is that again? Because the COVID isolates don't exist. No one's ever isolated COVID from a patient who's been diagnosed with COVID. No, just, just think about that. I'm not just saying it. Think about it. In, in all the hospitals in the world, out of all the millions of people who've been diagnosed with COVID via a fraudulent PCR test, there's not one patient, not one blood sample, not one saliva sample or nasal sample where COVID has been separated from everything else and you have a small little vial of just COVID doesn't exist. It, it, it has never happened. It doesn't exist. And, and then now again, you know, hindsight's 2020, but now who's getting sick the most right now? Where is the resurgence happening in uh, actual symptomatic sickness? It's in the people who were vaccinated, especially those vaccinated with Pfizer vaccines for whatever reason, but Vaccinated people are getting sick, so much so that the director of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, just went on the air all over CNN and MSNBC and everywhere, Yahoo News, USA Today. And she says, oh, by the way, um, it's the vaccinated people who can now uh, get infected and spread COVID to unvaccinated people or even other vaccinated people, she's saying vaccinated people can have now very high viral loads and that the vaccines actually don't work. She's now admitted against the Delta variant. And what is the Delta variant? Oh, it's just a different digital definition that they've all downloaded into their PCR machines. There's no actual physical sample of a Delta variant. 
I, I challenge you, go, go online, search for certified reference materials, uh, COVID Delta variant. Go ahead. Search on Google, search on DuckDuckGo. You won't find any. They don't exist. Even if you're a lab, you can't buy them. <laughs> it's, uh, even if they're weakened, you know, they don't exist. And, and again, now CDC Director Walensky is admitting that the vaccine uh, isn't working. Well, so the question is, so why are vaccinated people getting sick? Because vaccinated people are being injected with spike protein. Spike protein is a toxic nanoparticle. It's got nothing to do with a virus. It's just a toxic nanoparticle. It's, it's like, you know what asbestos is, right? If you breathe in asbestos, it's going to give you lung cancer and all kinds of things. Is, is asbestos, is it a virus? No. Is it a, a strain of bacteria? No. What is it? Oh, it's like tiny little pieces of, of glass, basically. I mean, it, it, it comes from nature. It is like rock formations, basically. Asbestos comes out of the ground. I don't know if you knew that. It's like little tiny slivers of glass. It just happens to make really good insulation because of its, you know, glass-like properties. But if you inhale that stuff, it just cuts up your lungs physically. It's basically a toxic nanoparticle. <laughs> Spike protein is just a different morphology, just a, just a different structure of a toxic nanoparticle that can get into your blood. You can, you can breathe it in. And then it gets in your blood and it does a lot of damage because of its structure. So if you ask the question, why are vaccinated people getting sick? The answer is because they're being injected with toxic nanoparticles. And by the way, this was all confirmed by the Salk Institute, which is a pro-vaccine nonprofit that published science paper about how the spike protein actually causes vascular damage. It damages every healthy cell in the body. It's all on their website. And, and they're like, they're so pro-vaccine, you, you almost couldn't find anybody that's more pro-vaccine. And they say the spike protein is what's damaging people. The spike protein is in the vaccine. It, look, the, the spike protein is the antigen that you're being injected with. When you're injected with Johnson Johnson vaccine or AstraZeneca, whatever. And, you know, AstraZeneca especially is associated with um, heart attacks, you know, blood clots. Why is that? Because the spike protein nanoparticle causes blood clots. It causes, you know, blood platelet aggregation because of its morphology. And so you inject somebody with a toxic spike protein, you should not be surprised when they have blood clots and heart attacks and die because you just, I mean, you just injected them with it. And then here's the best part. Then after people are quote vaccinated, which means they're being injected with these weaponized nanoparticles, then <laughs> they are shocked when they later test positive for COVID. Well, <laughs> they were injected with the spike protein. So the PCR tests are actually seemingly, uh, at least my understanding is they're testing for a base pair sequence that describes part of the substructure of the spike protein itself. Now, remember that PCR equipment, they don't have to use the whole digital string. They don't have to use all the base pairs. They could use a little subsection of it. They could use like, you know, 50 base pairs. Just say, look for this sequence of 50 base pairs in the genetic material. 
And then they could say, well, that's COVID. But 50 base pairs doesn't describe COVID or even the spike protein. The protein is way larger than that. But they could say they found it. But then, see, why should we be surprised to find spike protein in people who were just injected with spike protein? It's kind of like going back to the glyphosate example here. If I if I took glyphosate out of the certified reference material ampule in my laboratory, and if for some reason I were you know crazy enough to put it in a syringe and inject glyphosate into you, and then we tested your blood for glyphosate, would we find glyphosate in your blood? <laughs> Answer, uh, yeah, because you were just injected with it. Or, you know, in a similar way, if you drink a lot of alcohol and then we, we test your blood for alcohol, we're going to find alcohol in your blood? Yeah, because you just, you drank all that. Or maybe we put glyphosate in your alcohol and you drink that and then we'll find both. So it, if you're injected with spike protein, it should not be a shocker that you then test positive for the spike protein. <laughs> Does that mean you, quote, have a virus known as COVID? Uh, I, I don't think so. Now, now look, ju just a disclaimer here, okay? I I'm just giving you the best assessment that I can. Now, I'm, I am an expert on analytical mass spec food science testing. I'm not as well versed on the world of virology, obviously. So I'm sure there are people out there who know more than I do. And I would hope that, that they would join this conversation. Actually, many of them are, like the inventor of the mRNA technology, Robert Malone. He, he is publicly talking about this and, and putting out a lot of warnings. But there are definitely people who know way more than I do about virology. Uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits would be another one, by the way. So, it, you know, it's possible here, maybe, maybe I, I'm not 100% on target with what I'm explaining here, this is just my best understanding of what I'm what I'm learning and what I understand right now. But the one thing I do know for sure is that I've looked everywhere. I cannot find certified reference materials for COVID-19 or, you know, SARS-CoV-2. I can't find them. Again, not that I would want to buy them because we're not a microbiology lab, but I just want to see that they exist and they don't. I mean, can you find any? It, maybe if you can find some, send me a link because I would like to update this message, but I can't find any. It seems like they don't exist. So if, if this virus doesn't really exist, what were people getting sick from last year? Um, the flu. You notice last year, influenza diagnosis and influenza deaths went to basically zero. Now, in any normal given year, there are what something like 35,000 people that die in America from influenza. And actually, some years, that's much, much higher. And there are hundreds of thousands of Americans that are you know, diagnosed with influenza after becoming symptomatic. You know, they show up at the doctor's office. Oh, I've got a cough and a runny nose, you know, and the doctor says, ah, oh, you just have the flu. But not last year. Last year. All of those people were said to have COVID and no one was said to have influenza. How can that be? How could influenza vanish from the planet? It vanished last year. Everything was COVID. How can that be? Well, a clue may be found 
in a recent announcement by the CDC. July 21st, lab alert, changes to CDC RT-PCR for SARS-CoV-2 testing. After December 31st, uh, the CDC will withdraw uh, the request to the FDA for emergency use authorization of the this CDC real-time PCR diagnostic panel, okay? So basically, the, the CDC is pulling their own PCR test. They're saying, I mean, they're revoking it. And what's fascinating then is in the third paragraph of this announcement, which is on the cdc.gov website, check this out. It says, uh, in preparation for this change, the CDC recommends that clinical laboratories and testing sites that have been using this panel begin their transition to another FDA-authorized COVID-19 test. And the CDC encourages laboratories to consider adoption of a multiplex method that can facilitate detection and differentiation of SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses. What? 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 Suddenly they're saying, oh, you need to be able to tell the difference between COVID and influenza because the old method didn't. Again, this is right on the CDC website. Why would the CDC be canceling the old test and then saying everybody needs to have a new test and the new test needs to be able to differentiate between COVID and influenza? Answer, because the old test did not differentiate. The old test falsely diagnosed everybody who had the flu with COVID via PCR, which doesn't use external reference materials, which just uses a digital matching signature downloaded from a library online. It's it's only COVID in the digital world. In the real world, it was the flu. Are you starting to see how insane this entire deception has been? And really, it it's blowing my mind too. It took me a long time to catch on to this. I I should have been faster, frankly. I was reluctant to reach these conclusions, but there were others who who got here, you know, who who were way ahead of the curve you know, like Thomas Cowan and, and Rappaport and others. And, uh, and, and Dr. Lee Merritt and others, I got to say, they, they saw this earlier. So here's where I am on this right now. And this is still a journey for me as it is for you. And again, if, if I have misstated anything here or made any mistake, you know, I apologize. I'm, I'm trying to get it right. But this is a, this is a mystery unfolding. And I'm not an expert in PCR. I am an expert in mass spec, you know, quantitation of food contaminants, but not, not PCR. So, so maybe there's something here I'm missing, but you tell me. But what I know for sure right now is that influenza vanished for the whole year of 2020. The CDC just said they're retiring that PCR test that, that had been used to diagnose everybody with COVID. And now they're going to, you know, they say they're going to differentiate COVID from influenza. So it looks like all the COVID cases from last year were really just the flu. And then even right now this year, people are being diagnosed with COVID who have no symptoms, who aren't sick, who aren't infectious. (laughs) They're being diagnosed with a, quote, positive test. I mean, these athletes are being yanked out of the Olympics because they tested positive. They probably just had, you know, a little flu virus in them, which is nothing to worry about. People's 
lives are being destroyed over this, this fraudulent PCR testing that has no scientific basis. You can't quantitate a viral load on a PCR instrument, and there are no external standards. There are no physical standards. No one has ever isolated COVID-19. And that's, I mean, that's the bottom line here. That's the astonishing conclusion. It doesn't seem to exist in the real world. Media has been running just a massive fear campaign to make people fear this virus, but no lab can produce it. No, no scientist, can, no doctor can produce it. And even if you look at what's in the vaccines, it's mostly graphene and spike protein. It's like, where's the virus? You know, the, the weakened virus or, or what have you. What's in this doesn't seem to have anything to do with COVID per se. It has, it has to do with the spike protein and then graphene, graphene oxide, which has its own mystery. So I'll, I'll just say this. I'll throw down a challenge. If, if anybody out there is a PCR lab technician, and if, if, you, <laughs> if, if you have ever calibrated your PCR instrument with a certified reference material of, of a physical sample of COVID, you let me know because I don't think that that exists and I don't think that's ever happened. In fact, in fact, I know it hasn't happened because PCR equipment doesn't work that way. You don't have, you, PCR doesn't look at certified reference materials in that way and PCR uh, can't do quantitative analysis by definition because of the way it functions. It's not a quantitative instrument. And so I, I can't find any evidence that COVID is physically real. I guess that's the conclusion here. I can't find any evidence. And I'm curious if anybody could present any evidence that COVID is physically real. Can, can you put it under a microscope? Can, can you collect it in a vial? Can you isolate it? And I think as Dr. Cowan says, if, if this were the in, infectious agent, you'd have to be able to isolate it. And then you'd have to be able to take this and, and expose like lab rats to it. And then those lab rats would, would have to then develop and present symptoms that are consistent with other people who have been exposed to this and this isolate. And then from that, with enough trials, you could then conclude, okay, this substance definitely causes these effects. But none of those steps have ever happened with COVID. Uh, you know, literally never. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can take I mean, salmonella, a common food bacteria. You know, you can take salmonella. You know, theoretically, obviously don't do this, but something like 70% of the chicken at the grocery store is contaminated with salmonella, by the way. So it's not difficult to get some. But you could take salmonella. Again, don't do this, but... If you were to feed it to somebody and, and people accidentally eat it all the time from undercooked chicken, you know, or slicing up store-bought chicken on a, on a cutting board and then not washing the board, you know, and they get sick from salmonella or people get sick from E. coli. You could take, again, not saying you should do this, but you know, there are peanut butter factories every few years is another peanut butter factory that accidentally puts E. coli into the peanut butter. 
and then people eat it and get sick. And there's always a couple of people who die from it. And you can conclude, yeah, yeah, E. coli is real. Look, you can buy E. coli certified reference material. I can take E. coli and look at it under the microscope. There it is. I can see it. There's the colonies. There's the little flagella. (laughs) I'm not actually sure what they look like exactly. But there they are dividing again. Mitosis, you know, You, you can see. You can see them. I've never seen COVID. Have you? No, ask yourself, have you ever seen COVID? Have you ever seen anything that isn't just an illustration of COVID? Have you ever had a doctor present a vial, say, yep, we we got it. Here's a vial full of nothing but COVID and water. Ever seen that? No, doesn't exist. It's not, it's not physical. It's all illusion. They made it all up. I think David Icke has been talking about this too. And I, I, I'd criticized Ike last year and, and uh, I need to apologize for that as well. You know, it's, this is a learning process, even for me as well as you. And I, I, a, a year ago or two years ago, I never could have even imagined arriving at the conclusions that I've just shared with you. In other words, I, even I underestimated the depth of the illusion. Really? I underestimated it. I, I didn't realize how deep the rabbit hole really goes. And it's deep, folks. It's deep. This, this is all a grand illusion. It appears to me now that there is no COVID virus. There are spike protein nanoparticles. And that's what was developed, I believe, in the lab. I don't think there's a SARS-CoV-2 virus at all. I think it's just a rebranding of a different kind of influenza. And I'm, I'm open to someone proving it otherwise, but if you can't come up with a specimen, you've got nothing. You can't just look at a screen and say, oh, well, there's the genetic sequence. No, you just made that up. You just, it's just a digital library. I've got all kinds of digital libraries. Digital libraries are floating around all over the place. I have massive multiplayer online role-playing games. I've got, I've got digital characters with digital bags full of digital stuff and digital gold coins. And, and so what? None of that shit counts. That's all your, your digital illusion world. Show me something real. They don't have it. <laughs> Whole thing staged. But the fear is real. You know, that's, that's what the media is really good at is pushing the fear. And then they, you know, they fake like the hospitals are full when they're not. And they pay the social media influencers to all say the same thing. They, the CDC, you know, got over a billion dollars for its propaganda budget in the COVID stimulus bill. And the CDC spends that billion dollars paying off like doctors and social media influencers. And they all tweet out scripted stuff on Twitter, like word for word, exact messages. I was just at the ICU. Oh my God, it's overflowing. This is the worst emergency ever. You know, it's word for word, like a thousand accounts tweet out the exact same thing on the same day. They all got paid by the CDC. Celebrities, you know, singers, famous people all getting paid by the CDC to push the illusion. If it were real, they wouldn't have to pay people to push it. If it were real, they could show it to you. <laughs> but but they can't. They can't produce it. It's almost like those of you out there, I know we have a lot of law enforcement that listen. Uh, some of you may be detectives. 
And if, if there's been a, a crime, let's say there's been a, a, a shooting homicide in your local town. And so somebody's dead and there's, and there's somebody's been shot, right? So there's, there's gotta be a weapon. There's gotta be usually a piece of brass related to the cartridge that was expended. And most importantly, there's gotta be a dead body. Otherwise you don't have a murder case, do you? If you can't find the body, what do you have? Oh, you have a missing persons problem. That's not homicide. You can't find the body. You don't have homicide. And if you can't find the weapon, you don't really have much of a case, do you? Especially if you can't find the brass either. Evidence has to exist in the real world. You know, all of you who are detectives, police investigators, you know this. You got to be able to present the evidence as being physical, you know, to the judge, to get the search warrant, to maybe search someone's house or, or an arrest warrant. You got to go to the judge, say, okay, judge, um, Jane Doe over here, we got her dead body. There it is. Uh, there's a bullet hole. And then we got this gun over here, this revolver. <laughs> For some reason, it was thrown in a dumpster two blocks away. And on the revolver are fingerprints that match, uh, you know, Joe Bob over here and there's an expended cartridge <laughs> and, and there's semen and blood all over the room for some reason. We don't know why just somebody was spraying semen and blood <laughs> and you, you take this physical evidence, you know, to the judge and the judge's like, Oh, okay. You got physical evidence. If you went to the judge as a detective and you said, okay, judge, uh, we have this digital library of a dead character. And then we have this uh, online bag of holding with a ray gun in it. <laughs> and and uh, then, then we have this, this digital match of, uh, uh, of a picture of an avatar that looks like somebody we thought we saw in the city. Can we get a search warrant? You know, the judge would say, are you out of your freaking mind? You got to have physical evidence. You can't just make all this crap up and bring it in here and say you got a bunch of online digital fingerprints. None of that counts. You got to have physical evidence. Well, how come we don't apply the same standards to COVID? Huh? Where's the physical evidence? Where's the vial of COVID? Where's the reference material? How come no one can produce the virus? These are not fringe questions, people. This is, these are not conspiracy questions. This is basic science. Show me the money. You know, show me the virus. And if you can't show me the virus, you got nothing. The whole thing is a farce. And it can't be just a digital definition. Show me the virus physically or shut the hell up and stop pushing the fraud. Because in the real world, people are suffering from this fraud. People are really losing their jobs. People are really losing their businesses. People are losing their livelihoods. Heck, people are getting murdered with ventilators still to this day. <laughs> I mean, there are real world consequences to your artificial fake Truman show uh, COVID fraud. They need to produce the evidence that this thing is real and not just have it be, oh, well, you have to trust authoritative sources. Uh, the authoritative sources turned out to all be liars and, and con artists. Uh, basically, they're all part of a giant money laundering, racketeering criminal cartel involving uh, big pharma, government payouts and kickbacks. It's a giant racketeering operation. 
And you still haven't shown us any physical evidence that COVID is real. Where's the physical evidence? PCR tests are not physical evidence. There's no reference materials. There's no, there's no pile of COVID somewhere. It's all a digital definition, okay? So that's where we are. And again, my, my apologies to people who were trying to tell me this early on. I should have, I should have listened more closely, but it, these, these conclusions are just so, so difficult to grasp at first that they're easy to dismiss until you just actually think about it. So if I were to boil this down and just make it really simple, a question that you can ask yourself or you can ask anybody else, who has a physical sample of, of COVID, of, of the virus, not the spike protein, but the virus without the outer subunit shell? Show me the virus. So far, nobody has. And then if you have that virus, prove, prove that that virus can infect, you know, a mouse. Because that's never happened either. Never happened. Uh, folks, I don't think we have a pandemic of COVID. I think we have a pandemic of PCR fraud or what you might call a case-demic. I think that's what we really have. And also a pandemic of um, contrived media fear-mongering. We definitely have that. And if I had to go back to um, early 2020 and do all this over again, what I should have done better is I should have not had any trust of the hospitals, the doctors, and the nurses. I shouldn't have trusted them at all. I shouldn't have even trusted the, the mainstream scientists and nor the science journals or any of it because we now know that all that has been fraudulent. The science journals faked so many studies to try to trash ivermectin, just complete fraud. The PCR testing is a total fraud. Uh, the CDC is a criminal front. The, the WHO is just answering to communist China to cover up the origins of the spike protein bioweapons nanoparticle development program, just on and on. It's just fraud, fraud, fraud. And, and again, what happened to influenza last year? How did COVID magically cure influenza? It didn't. They just renamed influenza COVID. And, you know, then they paid the hospitals extra money to, to categorize every death as a COVID death, you know? If, if you were shot, they said, oh, I died of COVID. You know, if you were, if you were burned alive, it's like, COVID death. You came in with a stroke, COVID, because they got extra money for COVID. Everything became COVID. This whole thing was created through payoffs, a massive network of criminal bribery and fraud at the highest levels involving the entire globe of science labs. And by the way, the PCR labs are making huge money faking the testing, faking the diagnosis <laughs> when they don't have any certified materials. So everybody's making money off the fraud. You know, big Pharma's making money. Heck, the cities and the states that were going broke, like California and Illinois and New Jersey, they're all getting massive payoffs, COVID money. Everybody's getting paid to pretend. But the emperor has no clothes. The, the emperor wears no COVID. There's nothing there. The dude is naked, walking down the street, naked. And, you know, finally... um. I I do I do understand and I, I do believe in the in the existence of small particles, obviously. I can see them in my lab microscope. 
So uh, viruses are just small particles that have a certain morphology. So I do believe that, that viruses exist. In other words, I, I believe that physical matter can be very tiny and can be shaped in certain ways that can have a morphological issue. So I'm not saying that I don't believe in the existence of so-called viruses, but the, the name virus is actually, there's something wrong with it. Anything can be a virus. It's just a nanoscale particle that has some effect of, you know, perhaps replication. Lots of nanoparticles that self-replicate. Uh, DNA self-replicates in your body. Does that mean your DNA is a virus? No. no DNA in, in the human body is it's a self-assembling, self-organizing, self-replicating system. It's not a virus. But it is, you know, DNA is, a, I would call it a system of nanoparticles, little tiny pieces of matter that have a function. So, yeah, quote, viruses exist, but they're not alive. They, they aren't living organisms. They're just particles that do, that have different effects, different toxic effects on the body. Lots of particles can do that. So, folks, there's, there's a lot more to learn here, obviously, for all of us, myself included, and, and if, if anything, over the last year and a half, I've been very humbled by the the enormity of the deception that even now is only really being uncovered. And it's it's astonishing how little we as a human civilization, how little we know, and how much of what people think they know just ain't so. Almost everything that most people think they know just ain't so it, it's not even real i mean almost all the beliefs out there in mainstream society are false beliefs uh, as another example people believe that the greenback dollar is money it it's, doesn't even meet the basic definition of money money is something that holds value just for starters the dollar doesn't hold value it's lost over 99 percent since it was created in what 1913 creature from Jekyll Island and all that. So uh, dollars are not money, but yet most people think they are. <laughs> no one can present physical evidence of a COVID virus, yet everybody thinks it's real. The false authorities have woven massive illusions into people's minds. And uh, people are living in illusory worlds that have no foundation in physical reality. And my favorite example is when people log into their bank accounts and uh, online so they're looking at a digital collection of pixels on a screen that represents a number. And then they say to themselves, that's awesome. I have, you know, $5,000 or whatever the number is. They, they, they think that they have that. It's a digital illusion on a screen that represents another digital illusion in a database of a bank somewhere that doesn't even have the money in a vault doesn't even have the money not even doesn't even exist at the bank and yet the bank projects this illusion that everybody's got that money you know fractional reserve banking gone mad with reserve requirements you know dropped so low in some cases that it, it it's it doesn't even exist most people living in an artificial reality has has nothing to do with the real world around them and it's even worse among young people who live their entire lives staring at a screen. And that's their world. Everything on the screen is their world. 
and they hate the real world around them, but they adore the illusion uh, in their hands on the screen because that's their window to their reality, which is a false reality. So keep all this in mind. I hope I've given you a lot to think about, and I don't claim to have all the answers, but at least I'm asking questions. Um, maybe I should have asked some of these questions sooner, but it, at least a lot is becoming more clear to me now. There's, there are still many secrets to be uh, unveiled, obviously, and we're, we're all just uh, little tiny ignorant beings compared to the knowledge of the universe and what God has in store for us. I mean, all we can do is kind of grasp it at um, a little bit of a little gleaning bit of knowledge and, and hope to hope to one day die, not completely ignorant. You know, that's, that's about it, but we can never know that much. We're just trying to uncover the secrets of um, the illusions around us. And gosh, they are thicker and more complex than I ever would have imagined. But thank you for listening. I'm Mike Adams, the health ranger, naturalnews.com. Take care. Did you know 63% of consumers prefer to buy from purpose-driven brands and businesses that reflect their own values, beliefs, and support charitable causes? Promos for a Purpose provides business owners with ways to support worthy causes and promote their brands at the same time with its comprehensive done-for-you marketing and media program. Visit www.promosforapurpose.com for more information. Promos for a Purpose helps you stand out from your competition and stay top of mind by promoting your purpose made easy. It's our everything done for you purpose-driven business partnership and marketing experience which provides small business owners, entrepreneurs, service providers, and corporations with ways to support charitable causes and promote their brands at the same time. Promos for a Purpose gives your brand something to believe in and makes it easier than ever to join this new purpose-driven model and movement which is transforming how businesses operate operate, market, and serve customers, clients, and the community. Just click the Promos for a Purpose tab on our website, everythinghomeresourceplatform.com, to get all the information. We'd love for you to become a part of our community as a purpose-driven business so we can help you grow and share why you are the best at what you do. It's time your story is heard. You've been listening to Everything Homes special segment, Stories Needing Sharing, with Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content, life, laughter, and the pursuit of happiness. To meet, learn from, and hire the experts and the guests, professionals, and members of the Everything Homes Socially Conscious Referral Network and Marketplace, visit everythinghometalkshow.com slash episodes. And to listen, subscribe, rate, review, like, follow, comment, and share, go to www.everythinghometalkshow.com and find us on all the major listening platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you were entertained and we hope that you picked up some real life tangible takeaways from some good people doing good business and good things. Till next time, this is Everything Home, signing off. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.